Mayday, Mayday, come in Star Command. Send reinforcements. Star Command, do you copy? You are a sad, strange little man, and you have my pity. That wasn't flying. That was falling with style. To infinity and beyond. Tuesday night's plastic corrosion awareness meeting was, I think, a big success, and we want to thank Mr. Spell for putting that on for us. Thank you, Mr. Spell. You're mocking me, aren't you? So, who's ready for Ken's Dream Tour? W Radio, your information station. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 524, and I'm here once again not only to help you have the best vacation experience when you go to the Disney parks, but I also want to bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are, not just with the podcast, but with my videos, live broadcasts on Facebook every Wednesday night, my books, audio tours, special events, and more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com. Toy Story Land at Disney's Hollywood Studios marks the largest expansion in that park's history, introduces two new attractions, new dining, and a land that is fun for all ages. This week, we're going to virtually tour Toy Story Land and recap and review the attractions and the theming, the details, and numerous Easter eggs, characters, Woody's lunchbox menu, of course, the merchandise, and more. We'll also take a look at how this is part of Walt Disney World's incredible summer and the new Play Disney Parks app and how it not only impacts your experience in Toy Story Land, but throughout Walt Disney World and Disneyland as well. I'll have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, and I'll pose a new special challenge this week for your chance to win a very special Disney prize package. It's a box of Andy's toys full of merchandise exclusive to Toy Story Land and maybe even an item you can't find or buy anywhere. Then stay tuned to the end of the show. I'll have more information about our next WW Radio Meet of the Month, special events, our trip to Japan, and lots more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. yourself why do I love Walt Disney World so much why do I keep coming back for me it's about feelings feelings of simple pleasures nostalgia oftentimes hunger but at its core it's because the feeling that Walt Disney World gives me of being a kid again or in my case probably never having grown up at all and that's okay because, in fact, I know that I'm not alone. And I think a lot of spaces and places are designed with that sentiment in mind. And I think nowhere is that possibly more true than Disney's newest experience, Toy Story Land, at Disney's Hollywood Studios, which just opened officially on June 30th to excited guests and kids at heart and lots of them. And I want to take you on a virtual tour of Toy Story Land 
share my thoughts on it as a whole and in the particulars and maybe offer, offer some tips as to how to get the most out of your experience there as well. Of course, I cannot, could not, and do not want to do this on my own. So I'd like to welcome a few friends who've experienced it as well. Of course, first and foremost, no walkthrough of Toy Story Land and all the wonderful happy children would be complete without Becky Mankin from MI on Mouse Fan Travel, who joined me on our sneak peek before the land officially opened. Oh, it's so good to finally be back, Lou. And by the way, it's MEI Travel, just in case you need a little help with that. So the, the 10 years I've been calling it Mouse Fan Travel been completely Ma- wrong? Mouse Fan Travel works, too. That's the Disney division. MEI Travel handles all other vacation needs. Just, uh, the, you know, the educational people. There, there's other places besides Disney, but Disney rocks. <laughs> I'm confused already. I know. But also, I wanted the viewpoints of not just us and guests who visited, but more importantly, a parent who can share their thoughts on going with children and maybe share the impression that their children had as well. I'd like to welcome back friend and neighbor, Lisa Donato-Glassman. Hey, guys. It's good to be back. Glad to bring the mom point of view. (laughs) So I want to sort of start off, before we get into the discussion of the land and our, our first impressions when we got there, I want you to sort of go back in your mind mentally to... When this land was first announced, um, what, were you, what were your thoughts when you heard about a Toy Story land, when you started to see some of the concept art, not taking into consideration what you saw over the last couple of days? I was really happy to see that they were going to bring in something into Hollywood Studios that was going to be primarily focused on the families, because we are all really excited, obviously, about Galaxy's Edge coming. But to have something that's going to hit that generation, uh, the movie came out, the first movie came out in 95, right? So that generation is now in their early 20s. Those movies are going to speak to a generation outside of Galaxy's Edge and what's currently there. So I think it's um, it it's, was really great to hear that something is going to be there that will attract those younger families that are coming to visit. So I was, for the same reason as Becky, especially somebody with young, young children, um, I was really, really excited for a family-friendly experience at Hollywood Studios. I know it's probably... You know, it's it's been the quietest park for quite some time, but it's also the most most difficult park to visit with a range of ages. Um, I've I've got two boys; they're seven and five, and you know the things that my seven year old can finally ride and is excited about at Hollywood Studios, my five year old can't get on yet. Um, but but I'll I'll admit that I I love the Toy Story franchise, but I was I wasn't chomping at the bit for this park. I think I just didn't have sort of the you know that's sort of grand um you know beauty that that came with pandora and that i'm sure we'll see with galaxy's edge um you know i i i wasn't expecting with um with with toy story land um so i you'll hear later that i was pleasantly surprised um but but i think that you know while i was excited to have a couple of you know attractions that we could all enjoy together as a family the land itself didn't have me chomping at the bit quite as much as some of the new things that are coming um so i was pleasantly surprised with what i saw this week so when we first were made aware of the expansion, and, and obviously it being the largest expansion in Hollywood Studios history, and, and that's going back you know, to when the studios first opened, it was very much a quote-unquote half-day park um, by design, um, and in time it became a full-day park. Obviously it's in, in a state of transition, but having been to the Hong Kong version of it, 
as we walked through, it was a lot of fun. It was cute, but I didn't necessarily think that it was going to be the place that was going to instantly become a destination for me. Um, again, we'll talk more about our feelings once we actually saw, because I think like you guys, I was very pleasantly surprised, not just at how the land looked, but how it performed in terms of the attractions and the overall experience. Because when you do first walk through that portal, um, and it's, it's an invisible portal, but you get that sensation instantaneously of being shrunk down to the size of a toy, and you very much are in Andy's backyard, um, it hit me in all the feels in a lot of different ways because I think it, it is a celebration of what we enjoyed or remember or share with our kids. Um, you know, being the age that I am when you see things like the Rubik's Cube and the Crayola and the Lincoln Logs and the Tinker Toys and even the Connects pieces, it hit me in, in a lot of the... the the sentimental part of the kid in me, but the word that I kept on using, like in sort of an, of an overall 30,000 foot view, um, I kept on saying just how fun the place was, not just in its design, but I think in its execution. And in a photo that I shared, my feeling was that Toy Story Land would be a place that, um, and, I'm, and I'm sort of laying the groundwork for it, I think some of the things we're going to talk about, I think a place that Walt would have approved of because I very much get the feel that it's a place that families can have fun together. Whereas I think places like, um, uh, I, I keep on calling it Mickey's Birthday Land, but it's not Mickey's Birthday Land. Storybook Circus is a place you take your kids for them to enjoy and you, you can sit in the Dumbo waiting area you know, while they play or you ride along with them. I think this is something that adults and kids would want to enjoy together. I kept using the word playful every time I walked, uh, when I first walked in, <clears throat> and like you, noticing the toys and the things that were back from my childhood, and um, the games, and Woody standing there greeting you. It was really cool to just have that, all the colors pop, and the playfulness of it. And since you mentioned Hong Kong, I would say that anybody who's been to Hong Kong, don't think you've seen this land, because it is very much different. <laughs> Not just because of the attractions, but the other thing too that surprised me was the size of the land. From the concept art and description, it seemed much smaller until I actually walked through it. Yeah, I mean it's it's 11 acres, and granted, like an, an enormous portion of that, which is awesome, is Slinky Dog Dash. When you look at the the overview um, of of the land from above, it's 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 pretty incredible just how much that one coaster takes up. Um, but yeah, I mean, you are you are fully immersed from the minute you walk in. Even the plant life, as you walk in, they have these big grass fronds um, that sort of you know take you down to you know the, the cast members greet you as toys. Um, yeah, and the and the plant life that's surrounding you. But we'll we'll get into all the theming details. But it's it's stunning. Like it's it's really you know from the the speakers that are Tinker Toys to the dog tag standbys to the you know colorful trash cans. There's there's I don't think there's there's one aspect of the park that isn't you know, f immersed in the theming. Yeah, and if you are of my generation, a lot of those things were toys that you played with as a kid that now, you <clears throat> excuse me, you probably have to explain to your kids what a Tinker Toy is, what a Barrel of Monkeys is, um, what, what cooties, well, we all, listen, <laughs> your girls, you all have good, which, what, and I'm going to, I think the most brilliant bit of theming and detail is the fact that the girls' restroom is made of a cooties box. I just loved the whole thing. 
at the restroom. When I stood out front of the restroom and how... Which is kind of weird. I know, but everybody's taking a picture of it. I mean, come on, we all did, right? But there were so many little details just about the restroom on the outside facade of it that um, a lot of people commented on those pictures as well. So they did a really good job with that. And, you know, cooties notwithstanding. There's also a cootie that's a baby bell cheese. Right. They use the, I mean, they're sponsoring it and they're everywhere, but it's, it's, they've incorporated it really well. Like there's a, there's a table at Woody's Lunchbox that's made of like stacked baby bell cheeses and there's a cootie bug that instead of having the body, you know, from the kit, they've sort of pressed the, the legs into the, the baby bell cheese. It's, it's, and the restrooms are so cute. The signs for the restrooms are cute. I mean, there's just, there's no aspect of this land. Like, and I'll come back to this later, but like, if you're going to the land focused on riding two attractions, like, you'll finish and you'll leave. But if you spend the time really looking around at every detail and the popsicle stick benches and, you know, the, the little men that, you know, give you the height requirements and the, the different ways that they've incorporated theming into the tables at Woody's Lunchbox, I, you'll, you know, you, could, you can really have a, a, a full experience there. So I, I disagree with the I disagree with what the Walt Disney World website and what the map and the parks app says about this land what does it say? because it says that there's three attractions and I disagree. I think beyond Alien Swirling Saucers and Slinky Dog Dash and Toy Story Mania without the Midway, uh, I think that the food is obviously an attraction, and I also think that. The built-in almost scavenger hunt to go and find all of those little details mm-hmm. is you could spend a good portion of your day just wandering to do that. Right, and I remember we were standing on one side of where the lunchbox was, and I just looked up and realized that one of the lights was a straw. It, that type of detail, but it was so far back. It wasn't really meant to be on, in the forefront. It was a detail that you have to look for, which I think I appreciated about the land. And the one next to it is a pencil. It's so you see, it's a, yeah. It's a, yeah, there's a Ticonderoga pencil actually holding up the, the, Christmas, the Christmas lights that are strung everywhere, which is just, it, it's just amazing. Like I can. And that's what I mean. Like, so from a 30,000 foot view, these characters, these sets, because I, I would almost encourage you to go back and watch the Toy Story films, especially some of those, the, the outdoor areas or where Andy's built. Because you really get a sense that these characters and sets have left off the, left off the screen and been realized in three dimensions, much akin to the way that I think Cars Land was. Like, you're like, holy smokes, I stepped into the movie. You get that sense here from, again, from a grander view, you look and see how the attraction facades were built out of the boxes of the toys that Andy was playing with. But I think that the, the devil's not in the detail. The joy is in, it, in the details. And I found myself spending more time wandering to see what I could find. Some things that you hoped would be there, some things you didn't know that you would be there. So were there any other details that you found as you were walking through that put a smile on your face or a big surprise for you? I loved the Green Army men everywhere because they are actually on the lookout for Andy. So he can let us know if Andy's coming, and then we can all hide. So they're a Green Army man not only walking through the land, but also in strategic places throughout the land, which I found was really cool. It's almost like finding hidden Mickeys. You were finding hidden green men. I like that. So there were two for us that stuck out in going through with my kids. The first was if you're, when you're going through Slinky Dog Dash, when you first go and start going through the queue, there's the actual instructions for the kit. 
that he used to build because it's he the idea is that he built the coaster with his his little kit, but he modified it for Slinky, which obviously wasn't a part of the kit. So when you first go in, you can see the the instructions to build the coaster that he built. But then as you're going through, his modification drawings start showing up, and I loved that. And then the other thing that we loved. Did you see that there's the? Oh wait, I wrote it down. It's called the. Uh, wait, it was like the shark, the shark pit. He like in the yeah. and he drew like I was like, where's the shark pit in the attraction? If you look at his hand-drawn really sketch of the model, there's a giant. It looks like Jaws coming out and eating the Slinky dog. Oh, cool! And it's such oh, a little boy. Like I just feel. I feel like the Imagineers must have just like had little boys like playing with toys and just watched them and see what see what they do. Because that's like my kids would draw a shark pit. They, they would. Um, and then the other thing that blew my kids' mind like more than it was the one detail that they picked up that I did not initially was going through Aliens Rolling Saucers. There is a Buzz Lightyear suit hanging. In a, in a drawing without Buzz Lightyear in it. And my kids were like, Buzz Lightyear can take <laughs> off his suit? So and it started this whole conversation because, you, you, I mean, he's, you always see it as, like, this hard part of him. But you never, like, to see a soft suit hanging, it, it, was, it, was, it was cool. And I, I was so impressed with my kids for noticing it. So you didn't see, obviously, the, the underoos Buzz walking around without his suit? <laughs> That's another other hidden gem. So I, I have a, a dare I say I have a mini top ten list of some of my favorite details. And by top ten, I have closer to twenty, and which which is clearly not even close to some of the ones. So I love that the the cootie girl rooms. When you go to Alien Swirling Saucers, don't abbreviate that by the way. When you go to Alien Swirling Saucers, if you look at the fence outside, you'll see that obviously all these things are built with Andy's toys, and those are pieces of sort of like Kinex plastic. If you look in between, he built little like um, like links, and they're all OH, and if you follow the fence across, it's ooh, that the little green men would have said. Oh, look, they're both making the wow face. I want, I want a popsicle stick bench yes. in my backyard with the stain of the color of the popsicle on it. And you know that that's the new Instagram wall, right? Yeah. That yes. popsicle stick wall is so fabulous. And I love that they... It was just such a brilliant way to incorporate color into the land by using stained popsicle sticks on the benches and the fence. It's fantastic. But, and I think color is it. Like, even the, even the um, trash cans are, look, are made to look like they're yeah. built out of building blocks. So there is something so fun and vibrant, and you're right, playful about it. As you walk through the queues of some of the attractions, again, all of the attraction entrances are built with the boxes of the toy that he's playing with. But if you look around back, you'll see that it's made of corrugated cardboard, or you'll see, you know, made in China, or you'll see the UPC symbol. One of the things I posted, which I, I was super ecstatic when I found it, and I was trying, I said, I literally said it out loud to make sure that I was doing it right, but in the, the standby queue of alien, alien swirling saucers, is Bay 1, and then there's Bay 13, and if you say it out loud, it's A113, which is the, the classroom that many of the Pixar and Disney animators were at CalArts. And that's on, a, that's on building blocks also at yeah. Swirling Saucers. Um, I think you mentioned the, um, the preview video is the instruction manual for <clears throat> the, uh, the playset. Uh, the water fountains, which, by the way, are thankfully in the queue yes. of Alien Swirling Saucers, yes. are refueling stations. So they're, like, built on top of batteries. And the fans, the overhead fans are super cute. Yeah. They're the bright green, sort of, like, toy-looking fins coming out. Um, did you notice the jacks and the ball in the grass? 
kids, Jax is a game that's used to play with like these little metal like spiky. Do they even still make Jax anymore? That's been before my time. Sorry about that. I I never played Jax. I'm sorry, I didn't. I you might not have played that. I'm not not sure if it's not. Scotch, yes. You know, dominoes, yes. Dominoes. Wow. Yeah, that was before my time. But I did see the stun gun at Aliens oh, Rolling yeah. Saucers. That was super cute. Um, the when you're walking into the first part of the queue for Aliens Rolling Saucers, the guards sort of standing there are using pizzas as shields. The little gray guys are using pizzas as shield. I think you mentioned the baby bell cheese over the tables. And the chairs are wedges, but if you look up inside the umbrella, you see all the nutritional information as well. Oh, wow. Um, if you, so I'm not normally a hidden Mickey guy, but if you just right before you board Slinky Dog Dash, if you look at the, the drawing that you mentioned before, yeah. no, in the bottom. So you know when you rip paper out of a spiral binder, it gets all sort of that weird. Yeah. So one of those weird little dog-eared things on the bottom is a hidden Mickey. Um, the signs that he made, that Andy made for the attractions, are made in crayon, and he stuck them on there, like with stickers that he pulled out of a sticker book. Um, the little height guy for height is, guy. do you know what, where's he from? I, oh, come on. I can You guys had the worst try. I know what I'm getting you guys both for Christmas. <laughs> Candyland, or Candyland oh, token. Candyland, yes. The little tokens. green, like, yeah, yes. yes. And so... Slinky Dog Dash, if you oh pay close attention, which we'll get to the attraction yeah. itself, is not, if you look, it's not a, a game or something that he bought. He combined his Dash and Dodge Mega Coaster with his Slinky Dog to create his favorite ride, which is his own little Slinky Dog Dash, although I'm still waiting for the shark bit. Um, <laughs> I love the books in the queue, so we, didn't, we never saw Mr. Pricklepants until Bonnie had him... Becky looks so confused. <laughs> um, but he has a giant book in the queue. Um, we see Buster, the dog's address on the back of... It's the time, wait. But if you look on the back, you see that it's 234, 234 Elm Street. And, and I didn't know this was coming until I got to the end of the attraction. But spoiler alert, I loved Wheezy when you get there. But you get Wheezy's backstory when you first get there because you see that Wheezy is a bath toy with a warning not to get him wet. So that's why Wheezy Squeaker doesn't work anymore. So he's like a goonie, like a gremlin. He's, <laughs> he's like, like a gremlin. <laughs> but, yeah, but right. <laughs> but it's a bad Like, I just... And there are countless other ones um, that we can go... Through. And so I sort of look at... I look at Toy Story Land as a challenge. Like, okay, I want to go in and just wander around and see... What else have I missed? I'm again. I'm not the hidden Mickey guy, but I'm sure there's a gazillion hidden Mickeys, as well as a lot of other references to things we remember as a child. You know, there's I saw the dinosaur box and some of the racing car boxes and the instructions for some of the the toys that I had as a kid. But no detail is left unattended. Like literally, to use an Eisnerism, everything speaks. And it speaks to the story that you're immersed in. It speaks to our sense of nostalgia. Like, I wonder how many kids are, like, going to go, Mom, what's Yahtzee? And, you know, and can we, you know, maybe... I, I wonder if sales... And we were actually... I was talking to somebody about this. Like, 
does Milton Bradley pay Disney to have their stuff there, or does Disney pay Milton Bradley? Because <laughs> it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, that's a really good point, honestly. But the one thing that I like about all those details, and again, the nostalgia piece will draw the parents in. The parents are going to tell the stories about when they were kids. They're going to share all those experiences. But I like how all those details draw you in. No matter if you're standing out front of an attraction, or you're watching an attraction, or you're going into the bathroom, or you're near um, a bench... Each one of those elements draws you into a story on its own. There's story elements everywhere you look. Yeah, I, I love how, how cross-generational it is because, like, like we've said, the first Toy Story came out in 95, um, and the, you know, three came out in 2010. Um, but the toys that, that, are, that they're using are definitely, you know, older, more nostalgic toys. And it, it's, you know, my kids can identify with Toy Story. My mom can identify with Toy Story. Like, I, I love seeing the, the Tinker Toys. And, you know, the, there's actually a Big Al's Toy Store price tag um, <laughs> hidden. There's hidden Mickeys everywhere. I mean, like I said before, I mean, if you go into the land looking to ride two attractions and then leave, then you're going to have a quick experience. But you could spend so many hours just like exploring and seeing. And, and as the land opens up and the crowds disperse, you know, you'll be able to see it that much more. I mean, we haven't even mentioned that Andy's footprints are all over the, the ground there. Um, and you can't see them very well right now because they're covered in people. Um, <laughs> but but no, it's it, there's just it, like I said, I mean, I, I just feel like the Imagineers must have had some little boys and little girls, you know, that they let loose with, you know, these these old toys and just kind of watched what they did with them um, because there's no other way that they could have come up with, um, you know, the Ticonderoga pencil and the popsicle sticks and the, the speakers that are made of Tinker Toys. And that unless they were drawing on their own experiences when yeah. they were kids, yeah. too. And I think a lot of that is playing into it, especially when you're talking about some of those games and toys that that are from uh, another generation earlier. So I just think it's fantastic the level of detail that they put into such a small space. So let's talk about the attractions themselves. And I'm going to go in, in somewhat reverse order because I think we almost forget, you know, that Toy Story Midway Mania has now, the entrance and queue has flipped. It's no longer on what was and no longer is Pixar Place anymore. It's now inside of Toy Story Land. And, you know, we forget that that attraction has been there for 10 years, um, wow. and it doesn't feel like it is uh, a decade old. But what I love, and we rode the attraction and, and had a blast doing it as always, although it feels a lot like exercise to me. Um, <laughs> I love the new entrance and this sort of carnival-style marquee. And again, look at the box and how the bo- top of the covered queue area, you know, you can see the top of the box is open. And... All of the um, the Viewmaster discs and the crayon drawings and the playing cards and the board games are turned upside down and how Andy used like pieces of chewed gum to stick certain things together mm-hmm. um, and obviously Mr. Potato Head is back. Dare I say he's smoother and better and and has new um, jokes and commentary and really I mean we went when it was a relatively empty queue. But you almost feel like, like I think he was like, hey, short guy with the phone. And he obviously was talking to me because I was the only guy there. Yeah, no, I, I love the new the new theming. It's it's Toy Story Mania now, apparently. I didn't know that was happening. Um, but yeah, you've got the new entrance. And the, it was sort of symbolic to me that I, I mentioned before we started that the day before, that the morning that the land opened, they finally took down the Pixar Place um, sign that's always, you know, been been in an archway over the that that area as you walk into Toy Story, um, yeah. No, so I love that. I love that the um, 
uh, what's it called the the viewfinder right. that that's Peter Pan, which I love. Is that, um, there's a second one in there. What's the second one? What's the second viewfinder disc? I was just impressed with Peter Pan. What's the other <laughs> one? <laughs> one thing that I dinner with Victoria and Alberts, if you can tell me. I have really. It's Tomorrowland from Disneyland. Really? Okay, see, so we learned something today. What I liked and appreciated... Only today? This is the first time you've learned something from me? Well, that's a yeah, whole nother show. Um, <laughs> the other thing I appreciated was that it makes more sense now. When they've added the, um, the theming and the detail that they did to the new entrance inside Toy Story Land... It makes a lot more sense than before you felt like you're going into a circus tent and then it just didn't match to what you were seeing in the queue. And this makes a lot more sense and the story is much more smooth to me as well. And a little bit of an interactivity too. The Etch-A-Sketch now sort of is almost like a little mini game and we'll talk about playing in the queue outside of, of Toy Story Land. But the Etch-A-Sketch has, you know, can you guess this games and it's got a few other things to sort of keep you occupied without having to look down at your phone. And let's not forget about the wonderful air conditioning that you actually get inside that queue, too, which I think is going to be kind of important during the summer as well, because there's not a lot of that in that land. There's not. It's, there's not a lot of covered spaces, so um, an advanced tip is stay hydrated when you go to Toy Story Land. Yeah, I think from a rain perspective, from a, from a summer monsoon perspective down here, and also from a heat perspective, you know, if you're visiting, especially as a family, I would definitely, like forewarn you to bring your cool towels and your fan, your fans, your misting fans. And, um, you know, if you're, if you're planning to spend a, a hotter portion of the day there or a portion of the day that might include a downpour, um, you know, definitely, you know, supply yourselves and hydrate yourselves accordingly. So let's move on from there to alien swirling saucers. So do you know what the backstory is of between from alien swirling saucers? Becky, you're going to learn two things today. Wow, Wow, for the price of none. So Alien Swirling Saucers is a playset that Andy won at Pizza Planet Restaurant. So there you go. So he wins this while he's out getting some uh, pizza. and, And you can find the Pizza Planet truck hidden somewhere in, not the actual truck, but you can find the Pizza Planet truck hidden somewhere in Toy Story Land, just as you can in every Pixar film and about 30 other non-Pixar films. Becky, Toy Story was this movie no, back I'm, from... Okay. I'm trying to remember where the truck may have been because I don't remember seeing it. But I think it was outside of the media center. So, um, Alien Swirling Saucers has two turntables, um, much like you would think like a, um, um, a mad tea party kind of thing. But before I rode the attraction, I was unsure what it was like until I sat down on it and went, this is Mater's Junkyard Jamboree, but from little alien, little green men aliens and the claw. You actually had to sit in it to figure that out? Because seeing it and looking at it, it was Mater's. Just- it was, but until I rode it, like I didn't know how much different it was going to be. And oh, by the way, quick aside, I love the background music from there you can't sing it like made us drunk our jamboree but i dig it no i love the like techno versions of all the toy story music is fantastic and i'm so relieved because my poor kids like the one thing they can't ride at disney because they're too young to ride alone like my my seven-year-old son can ride alone at disney but he's not old enough to be the only person accompanying my five-year-old so they cannot ride teacups because mommy can't ride teacups So when I heard that this land was coming and, you know, the details of the attractions, I was like super like half of the two attractions. Mommy can't ride. But it's actually it's not a spinny teacup ride. It's sort of a 
it's mater, but it's, you know, if, if you're not familiar with that, it's sort of a combination of like a whip and a scrambler. Yeah, it is. It's a lot like a scrambler in between the two. And when you ride alone, FYI, it's not as fun as when you ride with somebody because you need to smash someone into the sides of, of the car. It just makes it much more fun. Yeah, I highly recommend riding with a five-year-old who's belly, belly laughing the entire time because it's phenomenal. Or a big fluffy guy like me, so you get a lot of that weight behind you that really... Because that thing moves. Like, yes. But I think what's important to note, and yes, this is part of the reason why I wanted you here, is because it is something that a five-year-old can ride and belly laugh, yeah. and a <clears throat> 29-year-old like Becky can ride and belly laugh as well. I don't know if there's going to be a punchline in a moment, so I'm just going to be nice. Um, you're right. Uh, like, how much yeah. fun do we have riding that as adults? Yeah, absolutely. That is one of the ones that I would wait in line for for a good amount of time to ride. And because I do enjoy Mater so much, I knew what this was going to be like. It has that same type of feel. You do giggle. No matter what you do, if you think that you're just going to sit there and just enjoy it, no, you will belly laugh. You will giggle as an adult. It is that much fun. Because I was live broadcasting. Uh, the, the preview day and I rode with a friend of mine rode with John Panda and we were just hysterical like two fluffy Italian guys like whipping around in there but that's how we felt riding Mater and that's exactly how I felt riding this yeah I was sandwiched between my kids and they were just belly laughing and they didn't want it to end the music is fantastic the, it's, it's just the visuals are so great like we had we had so much fun and I, I love I mean obviously Slinky is well, I'll say it again, but you know, it, I, I love that there's this land where there are rides, there are attractions now that are fun for adults, but but also fun for my five year old. I mean, Barnstormer's cute and it's fun, but it's like what 15 seconds long. Um, it, it's it it's a I, I just love that this land exists and and the attractions are a big part of it. And I don't want to dismiss the queue. You know, we talk about queues that are interactive, and we'll talk about some things that Disney is doing beyond what we see in places like Soren or Space Mountain, where there's a physical interactive queue. But here, there's giant buttons and dials, and some of them are truly interactive. You interact with that environment, and things will change. Not to mention, you know, the idea, again, is that you're sort of walking through Star Command as you sort of go out on your... But it gives you something to look for and something to do while you're in there as well you know beyond just you know you guys might not remember you know ages ago queues were you know you sort of you saw the long queue and you dreaded it because it was just nothing but stanchions and back and forths and now we're seeing the trend is to giving people something not just to do but something that people want to do while they're waiting in line yeah, I can't speak to this enough as a mother of small children. I mean, now that we live here, you know, I'm, I'm not like, you know, waiting in line for, you know, poo at, at Magic Kingdom for an hour. But as somebody who is traveling here with little kids, like I can't say enough about how amazing it is to have interactive cues and things to do. And the fact that, you know, I, I don't know why more theme parks haven't you know, realized this, but the fact that Disney knows that, you know, you need to entertain people while you're standing in queue, it, it just, it makes the entire experience so much different. I mean, to be able to, you know, stand in, in, in line at, at these new attractions and, and enjoy them, and obviously we'll talk about the new app, um, you know, but, but you know, they've been incorporating these things for a while, you know, obviously Pooh comes to mind, um, you know, but the, the fact that they're giving us things to do while we're in line with our kids, it just changes the whole day. It, it really changes the whole day, especially if you're here with kids with a, for a limited amount of time trying to happily get through these long queues. Well, they're working really hard in the theme park um, arena in general, trying to figure out how to keep people 
in all honesty, it's a business, out and spending money and not being bored, standing in a line. And we've seen them go from how they're working with Dumbo in their queue system, how they're now working with this to keep you occupied, or when they were working with um, Haunted Mansion to create that queue system. So it seems like they're just experimenting to see what's going to work and what's going to keep people occupied but still save their space so that they can uh, maximize their time when they're not standing in line, what are they doing? They're probably eating or looking at merchandise or uh, enjoying another piece of the park. So it's um, it's really good to see them not just stick with one thing and see what may work. And this is just another version of that. Could you imagine if there was a way to buy snacks while you were in line? Like, I would, I would literally adjust the stock price by myself. Um, <laughs> But, you know, sometimes some of those things, and I think part of what Disney does well is they afford you opportunities to do things that are not on a... Look, the giant 14 or so foot Buzz Lightyear out front is now a photo spot. It's going to... And all those props that they're putting in the queue, you, what, that's part of what you're doing, right? You're stopping and taking pictures, mm-hmm. your selfie in front of that, in front of whether it's the gum wall, the purple wall... The, the, uh, the cootie wall, <laughs> whatever it's going to be, that's what people are doing is they're sort of, they're, you're creating your own fun simply by virtue of the environment um, that you're in. But I wanted to save what I think is the surprise of the land for, for last. Um, when I saw pictures and slink, the Slinky Dog Dash coaster, I said, oh, this is cute. It's a fun take on Goofy's Barnstormer. And then let me be clear. Like, I love the theming and the story and the details of, um, uh, I keep on calling it Birthday Land or Starland of Storybook Circus. But again, like I said, it's, I think, a place that parents, for the most part, take their kids. Barnstormers are very short. I think it's 32 seconds long. Um, it's fun, but it's definitely geared more towards kids. That is what I, that was sort of the misconception or preconception I came in with. Little did I know that it was going to be longer, faster, have humps and a second launch chute and all these other little um, fun things that, again, made me find myself to be laughing um, through the entire time. And it's also Slinky Dog Dash is a first for any attraction in Walt Disney World. What is it? It's the only attraction with a double launch. So when you go to... Don't roll your eyes. It's... Listen. I was waiting for something, you know, really heroic. That's a future trivia question, just so you know. But... And again, I sort of love, you know, distancing yourself from the attraction itself and sort of getting into Andy's mind, how he cra- how he crafted this from his own imagination by combining two different play sets into one. And for me, one of my favorite parts is that second launch because as a kid who had... Hot Wheels and stuff like that. I'm used to remember pulling your car back and then launching it up the orange thing. That's exactly how I felt. Yeah. Really? I, oh, good. No, I, I just, it's the same exact thing. I mean, I've got little boys and we've got all the Hot Wheels sets that you probably had as a kid. And that second launch, is just, it, that is what it is. And I was so pleasantly surprised. I mean, I came into thinking that we were kind of going to see a glorified barnstormer. And it's a, it's a fun roller coaster. Like, I am a thrill junkie. I will ride 
anything. Um, and I like Slinky Dog Dash, like, and that's saying a lot. Like, I will, like, I go on Barnstormer, like, to make my kids happy. Like, I'd go on Slinky Dog Dash. Right. Adults will ride this because they enjoy it. Yeah, but the thing is, is it's not too much. Right. So it's not so over the top. It's very smooth. It's not jarring. Um, speaking of somebody who now has one of those head and back and neck injuries that I have to, don't get to go on the fun ones anymore, I kind of hesitated when, when you said, hey, let's go on this. And I was like, I don't know if I should. But then again, my thought process was going back to Hong Kong where Slinky there was just going around in a circle. So I thought, well, I wonder if this is going to be more of a kid's ride or if it's going to be a little bit more extreme. And not being able to see the full track, you only see one or two dips from the um, from the main area in the land. It's, de- it's deceiving. like In a good yeah. way, it's deceiving how big and long it is. Exactly. It's it's extremely deceiving. And when you get to that second launch, I thought it was over. I thought, okay, <laughs> the, uh, I'm kind of turned around here, but I don't know where, where we're going to disembark um, the, the ride. However, that was also the one thing that's also going to make it one of the most... Um, important things over the next year because you get a wonderful, beautiful view of Galaxy's Edge being... Uh, Don't look built. look away. There's nothing to see there. <laughs> yeah, this is not the land you're looking for. Um, but it, it really was surprising and in a good way. I It wasn't overblown. I didn't feel... I, I know that I can go on it again without feeling I could injure myself. So I liked it. I There's a lot of things that, I, that surprised me about this attraction. Again, from the theming. And as we were sort of thinking about that sketch on the wall, you almost get the sense that Andy was planning on putting more stuff in this, but like his mom called him away to like dinner or take out the, the trash or something. So he didn't finish it. And even as you see like Rex and some of the other characters, the way they're perched on top of there and the Christmas lights st- strung across, like this is very much uh, a work in progress, but I didn't expect it to go. And when I say high and fast, I don't mean like a, um, uh, it's, not a scary. it's not scary at all. Like I could imagine going on with my kids or younger kids and like again to go back to that idea of Walt like being able to ride it together and each of you having equal fun without it being too scary or too boring for one or the other grandma and small kids can ride together I I think that that's a really they, they found an excellent balance between being a little over the top and being Barnstormer, and then you have to ride it again because at night it seems to be a whole different experience. So I can't wait to try that. I love the way the track is lit and the lights chase. So if you could, yeah, if you can only ride it once, and this is you know asking a lot given the you know, the wait times and the the dearth of, of fast passes. But if you can ride it at sunset, you're going to get the best of both worlds because. Um, you know, there's there's a lot to see on the ride during the day, but to be able to appreciate the lit track and the Christmas lights and the the second launch area in the evening is it, it just it's an entirely different ride. So if you can only ride it once, I would, and and you can possibly time it. You know, the sunset is definitely the time the time to go. And it is almost like two little mini attractions because the first part is lots of turns and dips and swirls, and then after the second launch. It's almost like Andy, right, you're both making like the wavy face. Like Andy took advantage of the fact that it's a slinky dog with those little sort of camelback humps. Not in, you know, again, in a scary kind of way, but I'm like, like I was smiling from ear to ear. That was really fun. I, 
again, I was expecting and anticipating, oh no, this is going to hurt, but it was so smooth. And then when you got into the, the camel humps, it was fun. It, it, I kind of let go of all the inhibitions and just went, you know, put your hands in the air and you can put the bags at your feet. You don't have to, you know, you don't have anything over your, your shoulders. You really can just experience the fun of it and get a little air time if you hold the bar just a little bit up. <laughs> or, or throw your hands in the, you know, in the air. Wave them as if you don't care. If that's how you prefer, without again, there was no sort of fear nope. factor to to this bit. at all. Not a bit. No, and I'll say the second launch. I mean, I, I don't know if it's if you can tell when you're watching it, but it it, it doesn't shoot you out like you know like a rock and roller coaster sort right. of takeoff. Right. It's it's a very smooth acceleration. It's not you don't you don't fire out like you would on some of yeah, the, the more grown up or non-existent. Yeah, you're, it's it's very very smooth. Um, you know those those camel humps are, are fun and I didn't actually realize this when I was on the ride. I didn't realize it until I was out watching it afterwards, but Slinky and maybe you can tell this from the front seat, but Slinky is talking the whole time. Oh no! Yeah, he's he's talking the whole time, which yes, is because remember we were standing there right at that point where he comes down off the right. hill and he makes that woo noise, and we all started doing it over and over again. Yeah, I, I kind of heard a few of them, but not. I didn't know. Yeah, so time. I don't know. We were sitting toward the back, so I don't know if you can hear it better from the front. But I would definitely recommend like just standing by the ride and listening because he's talking to you the whole time. <laughs> so I've only ridden in the front. I did the ride cam video, which will never see the light of day because oh, I look. On, oh no. You, you probably have a better chance of seeing the grease tape at this point than, than my... By the way, that they must have been using like six cameras because I look like I'm huge. But um, my understanding is that the ride in the back is even more fun because you really get a sense of watching the slinky. Yeah, we were toward the back and you can really feel the, like the humps and the... Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really fun ride in the back. Really, really fun. And there's that word again. Like we keep all hitting on the word fun. We're talking about Slinky and Wheezy and all the other characters, and I think maybe that's a good transition to, you know, the land is very much alive. There's a lot going on in the land, not necessarily things that you'll find on a Times Guide. So how many times throughout the land did you see the Green Army men coming through, not just, you know, spieling, but interacting with guests? They had a Pixar ball. They had hula hoops. Like, they were playing games with guests in the the land itself and you'll not just see them but you'll see Woody and Jesse and some of the other and you know folks walking through the lands I think the I think the army men also come out and they do like a drum corps thing a few times throughout the day too which I love I'm a huge fan of live music and that kind of stuff the unannounced stuff in the park that I think Disneyland does so well yeah they really do and it was neat again to see the army men come through and to look over and you would see a character here or there. Um, but the army men for me are it because, again, they're, they're there for a purpose. They are looking and watching and they're watching to make sure that Andy doesn't show up so that we don't have to, you know, go uh, jumping into a blade of grass. So <laughs> I, I love their interactions. They're funny. They pick on the right people. Um, they will pull somebody in the circle and all of a sudden they'll just say, okay, you know, troops, surround this character. And then they'll just walk around one poor guy that didn't even see it coming. Um, it, it's a lot of entertainment that goes on just sporadically, which is neat. Yeah, I, lo- I love my army men. I mean, they're, you know, they were what you always saw at the old Pixar plays that would be in- out and interacting with the kids. You know, obviously I, you know, if you don't know, I, I do all the Run Disney races, and that's who you're interacting with on the course, like during the big hills and the big. Those, those that's who's heckling you up those and making you do burpees, and um, you know they're they're the ones who are interacting with you, and to see them do out. What? Do what? It's a. It, <laughs> what is that? 
You're making a little. It's, it's something you don't want to be doing in the middle of a marathon. <laughs> okay. Um, but they make you. Um, no, but the but the Green Army men are are there, and I love that they're there. Um, you know, but but also just seeing all the old characters, but seeing like you know Jackie and Woody and everyone like roaming around is just sort of very old school Disney to me. Like you just don't get that. I mean, you might have you might happen upon a princess in, in Epcot or something off, but it's it's very unusual. I mean, to, to, to the there's just something very you know sort of old Disney nostalgic about seeing characters roaming the park. And I think that's what you're going to see. I think you're going to see the characters just pop up unannounced, right? And just find a corner, find a spot, and start, you know, a queue will form for picking. And, and I think that's the direction that they're starting to go, frankly, because over in Disneyland, you see Loki that's doing the same thing, or Thor, and or when you're over in the Galaxies area. Down, Sorry, but they, but they are. They're, I'm so happy this is not a video. They're, they're wandering around. They're not going to a, to a stop and, and getting a queue behind them, which I love that. Like you said, it's a little bit of old school. It's, it's what Disney was at one time, and I like to see it returning, because then you get to see those... Um, spontaneous interactions occur. And I think we're starting to see more of that as opposed to putting character meet and greets in a box somewhere. You're letting them just be much more organic to the land. Obviously, I think Galaxy's Edge, which happens to be next door, is very much going to be, not to go off on a tangent, but the experiences are not going to be, you know, queued up things. It's going to be interacting with your environment. I think this is a step in that direction in terms of um, it, it being sort of a very open world, to use a gamification type thing, it's a very open world type environment. Uh, but even the, uh, you obviously can't visit Toy Story Land without wanting to take a little bit of Toy Story Land home with you. And uh, to quote um, Spaceballs, it's about merchandising. Uh, but even the merchandise, there's two merchandise locations are themed. What are the, so do you know, do you remember what the, the two merchandise carts are themed as? So I don't remember. It's the truck from right. something. Is it's, it's it like a dump the? Truck. It's, a, it's a trailer. It's a dump truck. The and a trailer. Camper. Right. The camper the is the camper. one. Is it a Lego camper? It's. I don't remember what it, it's. I recognize. But it. the little like they're not weebles, but like the little people, yeah. like the little camper people. I don't remember what what brand it is. Oh. It was a play. Was it a play? School? A, uh, play. Not play. It's play. Not Playmobil. Is it Playmobil? Oh, it's Playmobil. It's Playmobil. It's there you Playmobil. go. Yay, look how old I am. Yeah. It's Playmobil. <laughs> um, wow. But in addition to the shirts, there's a lot of really fun stuff. And there's something, and I was talking to Stephen Miller, who I've known for years. He's really sort of the, and I, forgive me his title, sort of the director of, of merchandising at Walt Disney World. Disney is going to a place that I have always loved where you want to bring a piece of that attraction home with you. So you can bring sort of that, the slinky dog dash launch shoot home with you. You can bring some of the little alien swirling saucer cars with you as well as the stuff that you can wear in terms of the different types of fun interactive headbands. There's a slinky dog the neck collar thing that sort of blinks. I don't even... Well, they're not really ears, but you're, you're wearing a slinky dog over your head and it really is cute. It, it, it's one of those things that I watched people who were there for the media event weren't even... were going up and saying, can we buy these now? And I watched them restock that one area four times in like an hour and a half. But that slinky thing that goes around your neck is like part slinky. toy... No, there's a slinky there's one that goes... One? There's a slinky dog that goes... What? I didn't see that. I, I saw the alien. No, there's... There's a slinky dog that goes around your neck, like he stretches out and goes around your neck, and he lights up and all that stuff, and he's sort of part toy, part fashion accessory. 
Okay, I might need that. But no, I, I the, the the line the line for merchandise extends right now to the great movie ride. Just so you know. Yeah, I'm sure it does. But the um, the popcorn bucket's already gone. Um, but no, the um, I, the slinky dog ears are super cute. The aliens light up and their eyes move. The alien ears, they're so cute. I kind of need one for my dog. Um, and then they have the um, the light up necklaces with the aliens. I hadn't seen the slinky oh, dog one. And then they have like a pullback toy that looks just like the alien swirling That's saucers. I, like. I loved that. I like the attraction vehicles that you can take for. And again, I'm going back probably 15 years. They used to make a, a series of metal attraction vehicles that you could collect. Like there was the Walt Disney World Railroad. There were Space Mountain vehicles. I may or may not have have them buried in my garage somewhere. And I love that. I love being able to take a piece of the attraction home. And I think that's what they're going back to do. So Becky's trying to find a picture of the Slinky Dog necklace and can't find it. I'll find it for you. But I promise it exists. Check eBay. I like this. The little green men that are almost like the um, barrel full of monkeys. (laughs) That's adorable. That is really adorable. How about the cup? The cup that you can get yeah. that you can get filled with like a with that has the claw and the alien inside. It's like yeah, it's like the new Beauty and the Beast cup. Like I'm sure it'll be all over eBay soon. Yeah. So the everybody knows the clear plastic cups are always coming out in different versions. There was the, you know, the the one that everybody was trying to get the Beauty and the Beast one ages ago, and now it's the it's the alien one and the alien popcorn bucket. Rose gold was so one week ago. So, yeah, well, yeah, millennial exactly gold was so last. Um, they have T-shirts that said, I played there. Again, you're, you're sort of an honorary toy, and they're really trying to sell that idea in yeah. all the things that they do. Well, I know that you mentioned this at the beginning. But we just kind of um, glossed over it. When you first walk into the ride or when you're going in, they're, they're greeting you. Welcome, toy. Yeah. You know, or, or see you later, toy. Come back and play again. Because that's too. what happens. That yeah. portal that you walk yeah. through, that invisible portal, shrinks you down to loose right. uh, toy size. <laughs> loose size. But it's not just at the entrance. They do it at the entrance of the attractions. They they say, here, would you like this toy? I mean, that they're they're treating you... All the way through, not just the very beginning, not just at the attractions, but all the way through the land, you are being acknowledged as being a shrunken down toy. And all the toys that you play with were, are they are scale mo- they were they were actually created from the models that Imagineering used to design the ride vehicles themselves. So you literally are bringing home a miniature version of the toy of the of the attraction. Yeah, I mean that the the, um, the interaction with the cast members is very very consistent. Like you are you are fully immersed. I mean, I think we all think of you know next year's Galaxy's Edge as being the full immersion experience, but you're getting it here too. I mean, you're you're walking through the gates, and the the cast members are definitely in a different in a different place and greeting you as such. So it's um, it, it's as full immersion as anything that. that and all of this is wonderful and fun, but let's be honest, we're really just delaying the inevitable because really the star of the show, don't put your head in your hands, like the star of the show is not Aliens Rolling Saucers or Slinky Dog Dash or the Cootie Restroom, it's Woody's Lunchbox. Uh, with the grown-up drinks. With the, calm down over there. <laughs> that made me so happy when I saw that. And listen, even before we get to the oh, menu... <laughs> I love the design of it because it's made up of all the things that Andy's mom would have put in Woody's lunchbox. There's juice boxes and animal crackers and the baby bells and the straw and all those things that Andy would have um, brought with him. But again, I think, and, and very smartly so, the creative team at Pixar and Imagineering very much play on... Not just what kids see in the movie, but the sentimentality of those of us who are a little bit older. So I think the menu 
is was is rooted in nostalgia, right? Not just the way it's designed, but the way those the, the menu items are created, <clears throat> sort of honoring classic dishes like tater tots and grilled cheese sandwiches and root beer the, floats. What you and, get on the school lunch, right, in right. a way, is what, what I kind of saw when I was looking through the through the options. And let's be honest, everything is better with cheese. I had a chance <laughs> to sample a few of the items off the post of the video of me and the chef. It it ended well um, <laughs> for me, if I, if I may say so. Um, now, you guys didn't get a chance to sample anything, but you saw the, the seating area and Woody's lunchbox and took a look at the menu? I have not had anything yet. The line was, we, I, I was just there for the soft opening. I wasn't there, obviously, on media day. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for it. I love that there's mobile ordering. I can't wait for them to stop being so overwhelmed so I can mobile order everything on the menu and just sit and eat everything. Um, but, yeah, no, I know there's that barbecue brisket melt that I can't wait to eat, like the grilled cheese and tomato soup and those, like, Pop-Tart bacony things and tachos. It just it's it just feels like theme park comfort food lunchbox and the I did see all the theming inside and, and loved it I the um, the one table that's got like a note from Woody's mom just like broke it's like stole my heart it says like you're my favorite deputy um, and I, I love that and the one that's made out of baby bell cheeses I mean there's no there is no inch of this land that is not immersed in its theming and you could you could spend an hour just like exploring Woody's lunchbox and the table or spend two hours just eating everything at Woody's lunchbox so for example I just want to quickly go through the menu in detail I'm going to talk slowly because it's so good they have a barbecue brisket melt that I had it's smoked brisket pickles a delicious tangy barbecue sauce but there's not one but two kinds of cheeses Becky pay attention there's cheddar and Monterey Jack cheeses on a grilled sourdough oh it's buttery and the, the, the sweetness and, and the tanginess. One? No. They also have a Monte Cristo, which is thick okay. turkey breast, ham, raspberry marmalade, Dijon mustard, melted Swiss on a grilled custard soaked brioche. <laughs> right? A smoked turkey sandwich. A grilled three cheese sandwich. Not one, not two, but three cheeses. Provolone, cheddar. With a cheddar cream cheese spread on garlic buttered grilled artisan French bread. Just let gonna, that. You're going to move in there, aren't you? You're just going to sink move in for a second. But wait, I'm saving the best for last. Grown up drinks? No. Oh. Tachos. What is it? What? Ta- You've never had a tacho? No. It's a tacho. It's like nachos, but with tater tots. Tacho and tater tot. Are you So potato me? barrels. Wait, because I had this. With <laughs> beef and bean chili, shredded cheese. Queso, tomatoes, corn chips, more fritos, please, with sour cream and a little sprinkle of grilled onion, which, by the way, comes in at under $9. And it's a hearty portion. Like, that's a big bowl. Like, that's a Lou Mangiello-sized bowl right there. You can also just get potato barrels as a side. They've got tomato basil soup, because obviously you can't have your grilled cheese without soup. They have a number of kids' meals. They have a grilled cheese and a turkey sandwiches. They do have specialty drinks. Calm down, Becky. I'll get to yours. They have a Mystic Portal Punch, which is Powerade Mountain Berry Blast with flavors of lemon, lime, and tangerine. Also, you can get the Souvenir Alien Sipper with a little, the claw. Ooh. Uh, an ice cream float with Barks Root Beer, which would be so nice on a day like any day. They also have a grown-up lemonade, Becky. Sit back, relax, and let me tell you about the grown-up lemonade. <laughs> 
For $9.25, you can get three olives, cherry vodka, Odwalla all-natural lemonade, and a black cherry puree. Ooh. So it's tasty and healthy because there's fruit in it. <laughs> they also have Blue Moon white ales. Um, they also have, you know, beers and, and um, Angry Orchard hard ciders as well as, you know, fountain beverages, etc. cetera. Nice. Um, let me just see. They also have a cold brew shaken Jamaican Joffrey's coffee. Wait. Artisan roasted coffee beans with car- caramel, vanilla, and smoky flavors featuring Joffrey's coffee, Stephen Lillard, cold brew coffee. $3.79. You can't go wrong with that. But wait, there's, there's more. more. Because what I did not necessarily realize, and I have not had a chance to try as yet, is that Woody's Lunchbox also serves breakfast. Now we're talking. For $8.49, they have a breakfast bowl. A hearty portion, which is the only kind of portion I really like. A Lumangelo-sized portion of potato barrels, smothered. They're not covered. They're not drizzled. They're not. They're, they're smothered. smothered in smoked brisket country gravy, <laughs> scrambled eggs, and that little sprinkling of green onions. A s'mores French toast sandwich. Every part of that sentence is awesome. I had one of those. Uh, we, we were invited to a brunch where we got to um, celebrate all things. So these potato barrels were there, and we did try those. The, um, the, the French toast was really cool because they have marshmallows on top, and they're just kind of lightly um, seared, <laughs> for lack of a better word, caramelized. And it, it was really good. It was surprisingly good. They also have a smoked turkey breakfast sandwich that has smoked turkey Swiss Peppers, onions, and scrambled eggs on grilled sourdough. And I'm going to go for this. The banana split yogurt parfait. Pineapple, strawberries, and banana between layers of vanilla yogurt and honey topped with granola. There's the healthy. And dark chocolate, the other part of the healthy, chips, $5.99. And that was fantastic. We had that as well. I'm so mad that you tried that. (laughs) But, But I think one of the signature items that we have seen and heard about and we had a chance to taste during the the preview they call them desserts i call them appetizers entrees they're lunchbox tarts which is kind of like a pop tart there's two and on paper i will tell you on paper the chocolate hazelnut lunchbox tart which is chocolate hazelnut nutella stuffed pastry coated in maple fondant and candied bacon sounds pretty awesome until you try the raspberry lunchbox tart. Raspberry marmalade coated in strawberry fondant and crispy pearls. Both of those are $3.29. $3.29. How? Oh, that's really good. And those, <laughs> it's like free. <laughs> but we tried those. Did you, did you try? No, how good try. How good was that? The berry was so much better you than were, the other one. I went for stuck the other with, one right Stick away. with Lou. Well, that's, first of all, you, what was your first mistake? Was only ordering one instead of getting both. This is true. You pull a Lou. You get the chocolate one first. And then you follow it up with the raspberry and you hear the angels sing. Yeah, exactly. The berry one was really good because it, it had a sweetness to it that the other one didn't, which you're expecting for a dessert. But it wasn't overly sweet and it the had chocolate. the two. Yeah, the taste on that one didn't yeah. have a sweetness to it. Not really. It, really? it had, well, it had I, it, Nutella. The pastry, yeah, the pastry. I'm not a big Nutella The pastry fan almost tasted a little bit different. And I, yeah. I thought it was, I was afraid the raspberry one was going to be too sweet. Right. Because I'm not. But I loved it more. I'm not a... No, thank you. (laughs) I mean, it's all relative. (laughs) Exactly. But it was really good. Remember when Becky and Lisa used to come on the show? But 
And again, for three twenty nine, how good was that? <laughs> for three twenty nine, it would be a very good value. That's for sure. Is it one per serving for that three twenty nine, or do they give you two? I don't know. I believe it's one. Okay. I believe it's one. So, and the only thing I'm going to be curious to see, because we we haven't been in there, and, and you were in you were in there during the preview, but the location has a great seating area, covered seating area, which there's not a ton of shaded areas there. They have umbrellas at the tables. All the tables have umbrellas. But the only thing I noticed is that there's only two checkout counters. So I'm when it's super busy, I'll be curious to see the quick flow it's through. Low. But they do have mobile ordering. It's up and running, you guys. I'm looking because the last couple of days, mobile ordering has, has been, I, I'm sure they've just been completely overwhelmed. But when you've tried to go into mobile ordering for Woody's Lunchbox, it has said that it's not available. It is now available. So I don't know what you guys are doing after we record, but... <laughs> I have a date with a brisket. If they had mobile ordering and mobile delivery, like then... I'd be in, yeah. They need an Amazon Prime, a one-day Prime for for food at Disney. I mean, how much would we pay for the ability to, like... To order food from any like location and have it delivered like to your room for June, July, and August, it, not a, not a question. How much do you want? Just, like, here, here's my give me a little satouli canteen delivered to my oh. room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a little breakfast, a little breakfast tachos, and uh, so. All right, I, tart- I do have a question because there, there are two windows for ordering, right? And you got mobile ordering as well? Because normally in many places I've seen mobile ordering, they also have one specifically for mobile ordering. So is the decorum that you just jump in front of everybody and get your stuff? I believe the left side, I believe the left side is the mobile ordering side. Now again, we were there for the previous one. I haven't seen it in execution as yet. And and let's be fair. We're we're recording this on July 1st. It literally opened yesterday. Please be patient. Like, yeah. understand, it's a brand new land with brand new cast members. There's, there's going to be some time, like when a restaurant opens, like when anything opens, they're going to be figuring things out in order to make the guest experience the best it can be. Please don't go there on Saturday night and complain about how long you waited because, you know, well, it's the, it's day one. It literally is yeah. day one. And, and the same thing is going to hold true for anybody who wants to show up in the first week or month of it being open. It's going to take you some time to even queue up to get into the land itself. So if you're going to go at this point in time, you're going to have to wait. It's an expectation. Your cast, your cast has been extraordinary. Yes. And the Hollywood Studios cast, please take a breath. In a moment, you know they aren't in control of time, the times and the openings either. Um, but I, I just, you know, if if you're there in the in the coming weeks, just you know, take a breath and take a moment and thank your cast because the cast of Hollywood Studios has been absolutely amazing um, the last just few days. Pandora. Just think Pandora. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the second version of that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, just wait till Galaxy's Edge opens. Oh yes, I think we're all. I, so actually, they're they're queuing up on I four right now. Yeah, for uh, for Galaxy's Edge, but. So I'm going to sort of use this as a as a, a somewhat of a slight jumping off point because we're talking about interactions between guest and cast. We're talking about interactivity in terms of us and the environment. But Disney is doing something which I think has really been a long time coming. I think has has over the years, hindsight being 2020, has been laying the groundwork for which is affording you ways to make waiting, make the in-between time much more enjoyable and be part of the entertainment experience. I will say from a personal level, 
it is exactly the reason why I wrote my first trivia book was because, <coughs> excuse me, as somebody who remembers being in line for hours, again, this is pre-phoned, with sort of, quote-unquote, nothing to do, I wanted to create a game that not only could you play in your Griswold station wagon car ride down, which I did with my parents, but to do while you're in line. That's exactly what the new Play Disney Parks app is going to bring because there's all kinds of Disney trivia. <coughs> I still need to write my third book anyway. Um, there's themed games. There are, there's a gamification of your experience in the land and the attractions themselves. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> and a reward system. There are, there are digital achievements that you can earn as well. And one of the things that I love about this app, in addition to it being easy and fun and playful, are as you, when you open up the app and you select Disneyland or Walt Disney World and then your theme park of choice, there are little music icons scattered throughout. Becky, you're looking at me so quizzically. Well, I didn't there are music. See the app, so this is, uh, this is cool. It is available for iPhone and that device, your, your Android app. But you can pull up, and it ties in directly with Apple Music, you can pull up music playlists from attractions and films that are referenced in there. So, <coughs> excuse me, I think this is a, such a, a smart um, uh, collaboration with the parks team and the Imagineering team to create something that was going to, um, again, enhance the experiences, not just in the parks, but even give you things to do before or after you get there. So you haven't tried the app as yet. You have tried it? Yes. Yeah, it's so much fun. So I had some, some extra time before um, before this today. So I was over at Epcot and just opened it up in the Japan Pavilion and throughout Epcot. So yeah, there's in different... You, you open it up and you choose land or world. So obviously I chose world. Um, and you go to the relevant park, which was Epcot for me, and it kind of gives you a map of the land with, um, you know, some, some interactive features. There's a music note in various parts of the park. Like, you can touch the music note on Soren and hear the Soren music or a test track and hear the theme music from test track and a few others like that. Um, there's the reindeer, Reindeers Are Better Than People plays if you touch it near um, Norway and um, the Frozen Ever After ride. Um, so that's very cool. But the coolest thing is that it's it's interactive and it's 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 an augmented reality um, for whatever you're you know the different areas. So I ha- I love the Japan Pavilion. So I went over to the Japan Pavilion and it opened it there, and it kind of takes you through like a Phineas and Ferb style storyline, um, which is cute for kids. Um, and then it has you sort of answer different questions in a few areas. I was dying for them to take me into an air-conditioned Mitsukoshi, but they did not. Um, but no, but they take you over to like a lantern that's um, by the main entrance and the koi pond. And there's um, a wind chime that's under the awning as you, before you go into Mitsukoshi. And you answer some questions and then it tells you like to press the button and things will happen in the land because you're standing there. So... By the spoiler alert, but by the in, in Japan, the, the first thing is you're over by the big lantern um, at the main entrance, and you answer a question and you hit the button, and the lantern makes noise for you. And then you walk over to the koi pond um, by Katsura, and you hit the button again, and water spurts out of the main rock, the big rock in the back of the koi pond. And then you walk under the awning at Mitsukoshi. 
um, and answer a question again and hit the button and the wind chime actually moves and chimes for you above your head and it was cool because there were people sort of sitting there on the bench just relaxing in the shade and they looked up and they were like what is happening and I was like that's me <laughs> it was it was cool and it's it's not like so many people are using it that you know everybody's doing it at once so you're it, it, it's it's very cool. I mean, you're you're going through Epcot, and the wind chime actually swung in the wind and and sang because I hit the button. Like it was, it's definitely like. And there's there's obviously you know a big part of this is that they've got interactive cue stuff. So it, it definitely adds an element of um, experience to the various parks, and I'm really really excited to take my kids to do it. And it does uh, obviously tie into some of the games are specific to the attractions themselves. So as you're in Toy Story Land, you can play Andy's board game Blast at the Slinky Dog Coaster. You can experience the playset party, which is you help assemble the Toy Story Mania playset. Again, you can earn <clears throat> the achievements. <clears throat> you can play Disney trivia. There's lots of little fun facts uh, available as well. And I like the fact that it's free, and it's you can see from the interface, it's meant to be enjoyed by kids and adults as well. And I think this is very much just, again, the app is less than, you know, it's very much in its... Uh, infancy, but imagine what is going to happen when places like Galaxy's Edge uh, come online, where we know that it is very much meant to be probably going to be the most immersive, the most interactive experience, forgetting what's going to happen in, in if you're staying at the hotel, but I think that's what they want to happen, and they want you to be able to use your mobile device to be able to not be a distraction from where you are, but to enhance where you are. Which makes me wonder where are the charging stations going to start popping up? And <laughs> The more you use your mobile device, you kind of need to, to be powered, but it'd be kind of neat to, if they start taking that in consideration, if they want us to use the devices more and more. And I, I think that you're right. I think that the things that they're playing with and trying with these apps and so forth are going to, are going to um, be important because what they're coming up with with Galaxy's Edge, it's all going to tie together. And so this might be practice rounds. Yeah, and you do have your fuel rods. I know I, know I use yeah. I, I do use them. I mean, I wish there were more stations for it, but I definitely use the fuel rods throughout because I don't want to sit still. My phone charges in the parks. Um, but I like the fact that when I first heard that this was happening, I was a little concerned that it would be another sort of staring at your phone as you're walking through the park and right. walking into people type situation, um, like when Pokemon was, was big in the parks um, a while back. But it's definitely like a, a discreet sort of located experience. So it's to keep the kids or the family or the person occupied in the queues. Um, definitely, like if what I saw in Japan is the norm, you're sort of, it's sort of, it definitely it makes you notice details in the various areas that you definitely that you wouldn't have before. I mean, I have spent a lot of time in the Japan Pavilion, and I hadn't sort of read some of the things that they had me read today, and noticed that wind chime that was under the awning at Mitsukoshi. Or I, I definitely saw just in like the twenty minutes that I spent sort of playing with it at that pavilion, I saw things that I've never seen at the, the pavilion that I probably spent more time at in Epcot than any other. It's a fun way to find those details and to see the details that we've always been telling people all along relax slow down don't just run for a queue see the detail that are all around you so it's kind of interesting to see that they're tying it into the mobile device as well and, yeah. if, and i think and i think i'm sorry if you said this already but i think the fact that it's meant to be something that not kids can do while their parents do something else it's something that the families can do yeah. together 
Yeah, it's definitely family geared, and it's and and like you were just saying. I mean, I think it's just the opposite of what I worried it would be. It's not that you're staring at your phone instead of experiencing the park and like tripping over people as you walk through the crowds. It's the exact opposite. It's that it's taking you into the nooks and crannies and details that you might have missed otherwise, and making you sort of read those placards and and see those little details throughout the parks and and you know control whether the water spurts up or the wind chime rings. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely not that you're sort of staring at your phone as you're walking through the parks and missing out on the vacation experience, but making you appreciate a lot of the little details that Disney has thrown in throughout all of these areas that you might otherwise have missed. You know, I think as, as a whole, sort of looking at this, what's going on at Disney right now from a 30,000-foot view, it's not just about Toy Story Land, which is obviously grabbing the headlines and the new app, but I think they're giving you a lot of other reasons. The incredible summer is going on right now, obviously. So you guys, have you seen Incredibles 2? You seen Incredibles too? You need to go see Incredibles too. And I mean, you not just Becky Mankin, but you listener, if you haven't, just just for the oh, now I want and now I want dumplings. Um, but there's um, there is uh, everything that's happening in Tomorrowland. The new uh, we obviously know that that Guardians of the Galaxy attraction is coming, but there's also the new Guardians of the Galaxy awesome mix live concert series, which we got a taste of now. You, I know, go to those. You go to those all the time. Have you seen it yet? I saw it today. Yeah, I went to. I hadn't seen it because my June was so crazy. Um, and I went today and saw it for the first time. I had seen video of pieces of it, but I hadn't seen it in person. I, I posted some of the the footage. It's it's just cheesy good fun. Like it's you know a little too soon for Gamora for me, but um, but no, it was all my favorite songs from from the mix. And I just it, it's so much. It's fun. It's well done. And I think that's where it is. Like all these it's things. Just fun. Are just meant to be fun. Um, Entertainment. Yeah, you know, there's reasons. That if you haven't seen the new Up Show at, at Animal Kingdom, the new Donald's Dino Bash, um, if you have little kidlets, I think it's four to twelve. I had a chance to check out the new uh, Pixar Play Zone over at the Contemporary Resort. I do miss my arcade. I also miss my Fiesta Fun Center where the wave used to be. But that's um, again, this is <laughs> Lisa's cheering for childcare. It's child care that I hate to think of, like I wish that I had as a kid. Know. You know, childhood care for me was like Harry Potter. They just threw you under the stairs and, you know, gave you some... Okay, maybe wow. not. <laughs> but it was. I mean, it's a really fun, and again, I, I don't want to keep using the word interactive, but it's like the ships. Like, your kids don't want to come out of... It, it's almost like it's a, it's, it's a gift for them as much as it is, it is for the parents. And uh, over at Typhoon Lagoon, they have the Disney H2O Glow Nights... Um, and again, it even ties into Toy Story, which is Party Source Rex, Glow. They have all kinds of Glow stuff going on and DJs and music. and um, So there's a lot of reasons to visit Walt and to book your trip through Mouse Fan Travel, by the way. Oh. Who can, and I'm not, and I'm going to make this sound like a little bit of a shameless plug because there's a lot of stuff to navigate. Like, especially if you are a first-timer or if you haven't been in years. Like, if you haven't been to Walt Disney World in three to five years, it's a very different experience. And there's a lot of things that we, as frequent visitors or, or locals, almost take for granted. You know, try and explain to somebody who's never been here before everything from you need to know where you want to eat and potentially what you want to eat six months in advance and in what ride you're going to ride when. You know, there's a lot of things to do, but that's one of the things that you guys help navigate for people is not just what's going on and how to get the best, you know, the best prices on all that, but the way to, to make the most out of your experience. Yeah, that's very true. And it's not just 
where to eat six months in advance, but it's also... But that's the important part. Yeah. Where to eat is really the most important part. Everything else the, falls into place after that. I think some of the most disheartening um, conversations I hear is like when I was on the bus the other day hearing somebody say, and I couldn't get in for any restaurants, and then, and then it's, I, I wanted to stand up and go, you need a travel planner. But, you know, um, it's very helpful, though, from our perspective to assist people in using the tools that are available to you. Because, yeah, sure, Walt Disney World hands you a toolbox. But if you don't know how to use the tools or if you don't know what's in the box, you're not going to be able to make the best experience for yourself. Yes. <laughs> you won't be able to make the best experience. We can help you with that. But one thing I do want to tell people, we're seeing this more and more and more. Where before, you could easily just wait a couple of months before you travel and grab a room. That's not happening anymore. There are no slow seasons here anymore. Um, if you have your heart set on a certain resort, I would highly recommend that you, the moment you think you're going to go, the moment you think you have um, the dates in mind, please book it. Book it, book it, book it. And then if you decide not to, there's ways that we can book it for you so it's not going to cost you anything if we just do a room only. But we can help navigate all of those possibilities. But I would say... Error to the side of booking it now. Cancel it if you need to because rooms are filling up fast, six to eight to even a year ahead of a time right now. And, I, and look, I, and for a lot of people who say, well, I can just do it on my own. You know, I don't need to pay a travel agent. Like, understand that there is no cost for us as guests yes. um, to do it. So they can visit you. Although you are MEI and Mouse Fan Travel, they can go to MouseFanTravel.com. They can go to MouseFanTravel.com. And the thing I do want to say, thank you for bringing that up, because a lot of people do assume that our services cost additional, and they do not. As a matter of fact, we can usually find offers that you may not be aware of, and we will proactively apply those offers if they would have applied anyway. So if you book now and an offer comes out six months from now and we can apply it, we'll proactively do that. So you're actually price protected. In, in a lot and of you can use that money for tachos and... and <laughs> The or tarts an and the straw, or, or food, more food, or a right. dining plan, or you know other things that are available right now. Um, th there are ways to get around where a lot of people are thinking I'm, I need to rent a car. Well, now with the parking scenario, uh, the great example is this trip that I'm on. I didn't t bring a car this time, and I've been using pretty much minivans the entire time, and I'm finding I'm actually spending less. In getting around, so these are these things that. And the fact that they drop you off right at the front of the park oh, is not the worst thing that in the world. Is either. Not the worst thing in the world, especially at Magic Kingdom because it's right there where the buses let you off, which is amazing. But there are a lot of things and tips and tricks to utilize your time and your money the best at Walt Disney World or Disneyland, and we can help you with that at no additional cost. And the minivans have car seats. <laughs> at no additional cost. <laughs> All right, so I want you to give me your, I want you to sort of sum up, you know, sort of coming full circle back to Toy Story Land. We haven't gotten to spend a lot of time there, but I think we get a, a sense of what the experience is going to be like. Give me your thoughts, your tips, your advice, your favorite part, or, or you know, even just what that land, how you sort of just feel. You know, I, I started off by talking about feelings. How that land make you feel? For me, it's a license to be an eight-year-old. You are, it's okay to walk in, be greeted as a toy, and it's, again, playful. I keep coming back to the word playful. The colors are playful. The attractions are playful. The toys are playful. The food is playful. All of it allows you, if you're an adult or a child or both of you experiencing it together, you can just play and have fun in all of this immersive detail, and you have to go to the cooties bathroom. <laughs> 
So I think as someone who tends to, you know, lean toward, you know, overwhelming sort of aesthetic landscapes and grandeur and all that good stuff, um, you know, I went into this sort of overly focused on two attractions that were coming to the land. Um, and while they, those two attractions in themselves, particularly Slinky, have um, wowed me more than I expected, I think the land as a whole is... Um, so much more than I expected. I love that this exists. I feel like it's a huge nod to Walt and his vision to the, for the parks. I love that a place exists now where I can have as much fun as my five-year-old and we're all together the whole time. Um, and I would, I, as my piece of advice, I would sort of, if you, if you had to pick a few hours to go, go during full daylight, you know, but sort of try to be there for the transition into evening. I think Toy Story Land does nighttime better than Pandora. Like a thousand times over, the 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 pictures of Pandora at night are gorgeous. <laughs> the real Pandora at night is not this glowing thing, but Toy Story is. And you know, to ride Slinky Dog at night is just such an incredible experience. And I think it's it's it, and to watch the, the 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 sort of flames of the fireworks from behind, you kind of feel like Sid's backyard is back there. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, that's my piece of advice. But, yeah, I mean, I, as, as someone who was not sort of chomping at the bit to get into Toy Story Land beforehand, I've, I'm so pleasantly surprised. I'm so thrilled that this place exists, that I can have as much fun as my five-year-old kid. And, yeah, and, and, try, and try to go for, you know, daylight into sunset if you can. Yeah, the nighttime experience is very reminiscent of Cars Land for me. So if you really enjoy kind of seeing the lights come on and and be all around you, that was amazing. But I would also say that if you're going to be here in the next few weeks and or months, pack your patience, enjoy the detail, and take advantage of your Fast Passes the day they come out. Grab what you want. It's it's going to be a little bit of a... Um, of a packed location for a little bit of a while. So just pack your patience. And diligent refreshing of the app the day before will pay off. I grabbed a Slinky Dog Fast Pass for me and my kids for the 30th, for opening day the day before, just by refreshing. I sat on the couch with them while they were watching a show and refreshed for 15 minutes and it popped up. So diligent refreshing a few days before your trip. You'll, you might be able to grab something. Mm, refreshment. Sorry, I got, I got distracted. To echo... What you said, and to echo my sentiments when I first went there, it was surprising in a, in, a, in a wonderful way, and it was so much more fun than I thought that I would have with friends, by yourself, with your kids, going back to what I, you know, I said about Walt, having a, a place that you can have fun together as a place you take your kids to. I think part of the enjoyment of that land is not rushing from attraction to attraction like we are, we've, we've done for so long in so many of the other parks. It's taking your time to wander through, go exploring like you should do in World Showcase, like you will do in Galaxy's Edge, because there's so many little hidden treasures and gems to find along the way. Um, and I think that's it. I think it just comes down to it, it's being a land that's fun, it does transform from night into day. I think it's beautiful at night. Um, it'll be even more beautiful when it's not 132 degrees outside. Um, but uh, if this is what this simple, fun, playful land looks like now, it makes me very, very excited for what is to come next door, what is to come to, I think, some of the other parks that we heard uh, as, as, as uh, yet. Um, but I think, you know, I think this is part of what the Disney 
differences. I think it's not whoever said it's not the Imagineers letting their kids play with these toys. It's the Imagineers themselves letting to play in their own toy box and their own sandbox. And we, as guests, get to benefit from it. So, And I, of course, get to benefit from the two of you joining me today and sharing the experience with me. So, Becky Mankin from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel over at MouseFanTravel.com. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for having me back again. And uh, hopefully we'll come up with an email show pretty soon because uh, I have a feeling that InBin is quite large. Or InBox, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Lisa Donato glasner thank you as well. Thank you so much. Always fun. Tachos. If you could order one item off the menu, if you could order one breakfast or lunch, if you could order one and have it delivered to where we're sitting right now in the air conditioning, <laughs> what, what would be the... Oh, see, now I got Becky's attention. What would be the one item you'd order? I would get the Monte Cristo. Really? Yeah, I would. And I might dip it in soup. I might. The, oh, I need to do the grilled cheese. The grilled cheese too. sounds can, good. And then, and then the berry Pop-Tart. Yes. That was so good. Well, I mean, I guess I might as well get tachos this way because we all have to get something different so we can share it. And I kind of want, I, I, you know what? I kind of want the root beer float just because it reminds me of like. Oh, God, there was a root beer float. So I'm going to. That's some Galliano. It's really did good. You, do you guys have Stewart's root beer where you're from? What? Stewart's root beer? Yeah. Stewart's. Yeah. No, but like Stewart's used like to drive up. It was like an old like drive up kind of place. No, it's Stewart's. Old guy from Jersey. Stewart's root beer. How could I possibly be hungry again? I don't know how you could possibly do it. I'm out of here. You got a friend in me. Like four things on the menu. You got a friend in me. That's my secret cap. I'm always hungry. You got trouble. And I got them too. There isn't anything I wouldn't do for you. We stick together. See it through. Cause you got a Time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history or see how well you pay attention to the details, sometimes in what you see, sometimes in what you hear. If you think you know the answer, you can enter via our online form for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Of course, before we get to this week's special Toy Story question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So our last trivia question was about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, which we are all anticipating the opening of in 2019. I attended Star Wars Galactic Nights at Hollywood Studios back in May, and story editor Margaret Kerrison revealed for us the name of the village in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, and your challenge last week was to tell me what that name was. We know that the largest settlement on the planet Batu is going to be called the Black Spire Outpost. I dig that name, and it gives the sense that this sort of out-of-the-way outpost is somewhat ominous and is going to be home to some colorful and notorious characters and probably some good food. But I took all of the correct entries last week. And again, you were playing not just for the 102 Ways to Save Money book, all the audio tours, stickers, a pop socket, and a shirt from the WW Radio shirt collection, which not includes not just WW Radio logo gear, but Disney, Marvel... Star Wars and a variety of other uh, nostalgic shirts as well. You can check out the entire shirt collection at www.radio.com/shirts. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is 
Emily Leslie. So Emily, you use the online form. I have your shipping information. I will get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. Of course, with the opening of Toy Story Land, I have to give you a question, and more importantly, a special prize package that has to do with this land. Before we get to the prize, let me give you the question for this week, because the Toy Story Land at Disney's Hollywood Studios is not the only land in a Disney park based on the Toy Story films. So your question this week is to tell me, what other Disney parks around the world have a Toy Story Land, a land dedicated to the Toy Story films, and more importantly, what order did they open? So obviously you know that Disney's Hollywood Studios is one. What other parks around the world have a Toy Story Land, and what order did they open? Now, this week, you are not going to be playing for the books or the audio tours or the pop, none of that. Because I literally have a box of Andy's toys. And even the box itself says Andy's toys on it. You can't buy it in Toy Story Land. But all the merchandise inside are things you can find in Toy Story Land. Including something that you can't find there. And is not available anywhere at all on property. So you're going to get a Buzz Lightyear bubble blower. You're going to get the Slinky Dog Dash headband thing. You're also going to get the Slinky Dog Dash attraction vehicle with the spinning flames. A Toy Story Funko Pop, which is exclusive to the grand opening in 2018. It is a known as a box lunch exclusive. I'm also going to include a Little Green Men light-up necklace, a Toy Story Land cooling towel, cooling towel, Disney Parks Little Green Men socks, a Alien Swirling Saucers uh, replica toy. There's other stuff in that box, too. And there's also going to be a little mystery prize in there, something very, very cool, exclusive to Toy Story Land that you cannot find or purchase anywhere. Would look uh, pretty neat. Well, I'll just let that be a surprise. I'll post a picture of the items that you can find in your mystery box prize if you win on the website and on social. So you have until Sunday, July 8th at 11.59 p.m. to go to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast, use the online entry form there, So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to spend and share with me on this week's show. I also invite you to please join me every Wednesday night for WW Radio Live as I do a live video broadcast and chat oftentimes from the home office or sometimes out in the parks. Also, be sure you turn on notifications on Facebook, on the WW Radio page. More importantly, join the community on our group. Go to www.radio.com slash community. Join the Box People group. Turn on notifications there. This way you can be, be part of all the conversations, all the content that's exclusive to the group, as well as the live broadcasts every week and sometimes unscheduled from the parks. I also want to thank all the new and longtime members of the WW Radio Nation family, including Aaron Van Quill, Dan Noyes, Rich O'Kane, and Heather Val. I really appreciate you not only helping to support the show, but being part of our family. If you'd like to find out how you can exclu- receive exclusive rewards every month, for example, I craft a new scavenger hunt from the parks, resorts, sometimes cruise line, Disneyland. We have a private Facebook group, personalized magic band covers logo gear, there's backpacks, t-shirts. 
I send monthly care packages from Walt Disney World. We have a monthly live video group call and lots more, including discounts and exclusive opportunities. To find out more, visit www.radio.com support. Also, don't forget that while this is completely optional, it's a, it's a really great and important way for you to help the show, show your support for WW Radio, and don't forget that a portion of the proceeds do go to our Dream Team project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. If you have a question you want me to answer on the show, you can email me, lou at www.radio.com, or better yet, call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. I'd love to hear your thoughts about Toy Story Land. Call from Toy Story Land or call with a question you'd like me to answer. Of course, you and this community that you have helped create are the most important part of the show for me. That's why I continue to do monthly meetups in Walt Disney World. The next meet of the month is tentatively scheduled for July 14th, a location to be determined. I'm going to do my best to make sure it's inside with air conditioning. Again, that's going to be Saturday, July 14th. The best way to find out exactly where and when that's going to be is to definitely pay attention to our WW Radio page and group over on Facebook. Also stay tuned as I have other meetups, not in Walt Disney World, but on the road as I speak at conferences and schools. To find out if I can help speak at your event or to your school, you can visit lumangelo.com. Also, while you're there, you can find out how I can help you turn your passion into your profession to do that thing that you love full-time with either personal mentoring or group coaching. I do have two spots available for my next mastermind group that meets every Tuesday night. It's a weekly group with accountability and help and resources. I won't go into it too much. Again, to find out more, visit lumangelo.com. While you're there, you can also find out to see if you'd like to come to my Momentum Weekend Workshop in Walt Disney World in October, Saturday and Sunday, October 6th and 7th. There's an optional mastermind day as well. It's limited to just 50 people. It has sold out both years in the past. We're about 60% full right now, but it's a great, small, intimate workshop that you'll not only learn, but you'll do and prepare and network and meet and make real changes, not just to your business, but to your life. Again, to find out more, visit lumangelo.com slash momentum. Thanks again to Becky Mankin, not just for joining me on the show, but for her love and support through Mouse Fan Travel over the years. Again, to find out more and to get a free new obligation quote, visit mousefantravel.com. Then go to Celebrations Press and find out how you can subscribe to Celebrations Magazine. And as always, if you like the show, and I hope that you do, all I ask is that you please help spread the word. Let your friends know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Share a link to this or your favorite episode on Facebook with your friends. And if you can, take just 30 seconds max to rate and review the show over on iTunes. Thanks to you. We have more than 1,500 five-star reviews. I really want you to invite your friends to our clubhouse to be part of the community. I want to thank some recent reviewers like Mike102030405050, who says... It's a Disney chat with a seemingly old friend. Lou's podcast is a delightful way to immerse oneself in the magic every week and escape, at least for a bit, from the less than magical world around us. Mike, that's exactly what I want this show to be. The show is curated, so it feels as though you're seated with an old friend, again, that I want you to feel like, discussing a thing that we both love dearly. Mike, you get me. You had me at hello. Thank you, Lou. You bring such joy to us every week. Tyler Ray says it's a wonderful podcast. I love listening to the podcasts at work. Just don't tell your boss. I love the top 10 shows, the dining reviews, and the fantastic interviews with Disney legends and other amazing people. The content's always fresh and informative, and I never get tired of listening. 
Although she doesn't like when some of the live dining reviewers are talking while they're chewing. My bad. I'll make sure that doesn't happen for live dining shows in the future. Anyway, keep up the great work. Thank you so much, Taylor. Mouse Crazy 2006 says, It's the best Disney show, period. Lose broadcast is simply the best. Best guide, best info, best interview, best everything. Even his top 10 lists-ish it <laughs> lists-ish are great. It's a definite must-listen. And Trampoline Dude says, Truth. It's not often in this day that someone does a quality, top-notch job with what they do. The podcast is informative, inspiring, and done with integrity. Wow, thank you. There's nothing fake or fluffy. Trampoline, the only thing fluffy about the show is me. But thank you so much to you and everybody who's rated and reviewed the show again. Just search for WW Radio on iTunes or go to www.radio.com slash iTunes. It'll give you a direct link and show you exactly how to review the show there. And finally, and most importantly, thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I cannot say it enough or enough different ways. Thank you for your time, for your love, your support, for everything that you do to make this show and more importantly, this community happen and for the gift that you give me um, of that time. And I hope that I can return that gift and that love to you with this show and in any way that I possibly can. Just feel free to reach out to me on Messenger or email or Twitter or whatever way that I possibly can to uh, to repay the gift that you have given to me. And remember, whatever you do, make sure you do what you love and make every minute count because we might not have as many left as we think. I hope that this is your best week ever Thank you so very much. I love and appreciate you. Have a great week. See ya. Hi, I'm Angela. This is Anna Harmon from Tallahassee, Florida. Um, I was just calling because I just finished episode 521, the interview with Lee Cockrell, and that was such a great show. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, my parents are both cast members for the Walt Disney Company, so it's always fun to hear from cast members because I get... I get a little insight on what my parents do that's more from just then. But my favorite part of the show was at the very end when you put um, the Mr. Roboto at the end. I cracked up. I'm on a drive back from Nashville for the weekend, and that just gave me a smile on my face. That was so funny. And that just goes to show that your show is so much fun because you just put these things in here that you would never even expect and just make a smile. Um, and thank you for all you do, Lou. Um, your podcasts are sure are making my eight-hour drive a lot shorter. So thank you so much. Um, look forward to hearing your next one. All right, bye. Hi, Lou. This is Eric calling from Michigan. Uh, we just got back from a trip in Walt Disney World. We stayed at Saratoga Springs, which is an awesome resort, very underrated. And I just wanted to share something real quick. Uh we traveled there with my mom, who needs a wheelchair, and this is the first time we'd really done a uh, trip like this with her in a wheelchair. And I just wanted to tell your listeners that Disney is outstanding in how they help people and accommodate people in wheelchairs. Um, all the cast members uh, were well-trained. They knew exactly what to do. They were courteous. They were cheerful, very helpful. And if any listeners are on the fence about traveling to Disney World because they're in a wheelchair or they have a loved one they're going to take uh, who needs a wheelchair, don't hesitate because Disney is probably the best place in the world that I've seen that is barrier-free and uh, can accommodate uh, just about any situation. So 
Thank you for the podcast. I've been listening for a very long time now. You do a great job. Thank you, and uh, we'll uh, listen to you on the net. Thanks. Bye. Hi, Lou. This is Dom from Villa Marie Academy in Malvern, Pennsylvania, and I wanted to just say thank you so much for being the keynote speaker at our freshman uh, trip to Walt Disney World. Um, in early June, the students were inspired and, and definitely awakened to all the possibilities ahead. Um, they, they learned about Walt and his struggles and his accomplishments, but especially his, his determination and drive. Uh, even the chaperones said that your points hit home for them. Um, speaking from experience, if anyone is considering having loose speed, do it. He really knows how to connect with students, and, and the blending of, of Disney magic keeps them interested and engaged. I've had Luz teach help teach my marketing class virtually from Walt Disney World. Uh, he spoke at our, our career day, and uh, he opened our school year at orientation. Uh, each time, the students' imaginations were sparked, and they went away believing that they could be the next great Walt Disney. So, Lou, I look forward to working with you soon, and um, keep up the great work and, and keep inspiring the next generation. So thank you so much again, and hope to see you soon. Bye. Hi, Lou. It's Lauren Winnicker-Kaplan from Hillsborough, New Jersey, and I just wanted to call and tell you what made my day yesterday. So I'd hear you, before I had kids, I'd hear you talk about how you'd raise your kids Disney. And I always knew I wanted to do the same thing. So since I saw you last, I've had a second kid. So now I have two boys, Miles and Reed. And sure, I've taken them, I've taken Miles to Disney twice. And we're currently going through our Pixar education. We're, he's obsessed with cars and finding Nemo. And yes, I threw in Frozen and he's loving that. Um, and we watch Disney Channel all the time. But I now know that I am doing my job because uh, the other day he saw on his bookshelf the beautifully illustrated Haunted Mansion book that I bought two years ago for him at um, Memento Mori, and he wanted to read it. So I sang him the book, and which is all the lyrics from the song, and he asked me to sing it again. Then the very next day, we're driving home from daycare, and he asked me to play the song. So I did. And then when I get home and we're changing his baby brother, he says, play the song again, Mommy. And I play him, Grim Grinning Ghost, and he is dancing up a storm in his brother's room, and I just had to smile on my face and know that I am raising him right. So I thought you'd appreciate that. Um, I just want to give a quick shout-out to my lovely friend Lisa, who is also raising her son Nolan well because she's taking him not only to Disney World, I'm sure, in a couple years, but she's taking him to Disneyland, and we're working on what rides that she should go to. So she's taking him to where Walt walked. Um, thank you for everything. I'm sorry I missed you when I was down uh, last September, but uh, – I got caught in a little thing called Hurricane Irma, and I'm guessing you did too right before you left for Asia. And uh, I hope that I can see you again when I come down to the world next year. So take care.
Hello, Lou Mangella. This is Darlene Nagy from West Seneca, New York. Hi, Fox people. Hi, crew family. And my WDW Radio Disney running family team. I am so happy to be calling in from West Seneca, New York, where the summer has finally hit us, and it is, like, going to be 84 degrees today, 95 tomorrow. I am, like, loving it. And I wanted to say I have 91 days until my WDW trip with the Sternbergs and my husband to Walt Disney World in Florida. We will be traveling around. It's going to be an amazing adventure. And 470 days till the Japan AVD adventure with Lou and Becky. Oh, my goodness. You guys are going to be in for a treat. I wish I could go on that one, but I won't be able to. So here's another one I'm going to ask you guys who grow to be able to take a lot of pictures for me. I hope you guys have a wonderful week and a wonderful, safe 4th of July. Again, this is Darlene Maggie from the Seneca, New York. Love, hugs, and stay positive. Exclamation point. I love you guys. And this, well, this is where I live. It's Ken's dream house. It has a disco, it's got a dune buggy, and a whole room just for trying on clothes. You have everything! Everything except someone to share it with. 